Welcome to Panel of Minds. My name is Kalindrim Bao, and each week I bring together the greatest minds in the world on a panel to dig into a topic I'm curious to learn about. Now, these are some of the most sought-out speakers in the world. Some of them aren't even alive anymore. So you might be curious how I got them on the show. Well, I'm not actually speaking to them directly. I'm speaking to their AI avatars. And boy, these are some interesting conversations. So take a deep breath, a big step forward, and let's jump into the rabbit hole. In today's episode, I wanted to explore the subject of motivation. I often ask myself what drives me and what drives others to achieve things in life. And I believe that understanding the psychology of motivation and the various drivers behind it can help me reflect on how I live my life and ultimately construct a more intentional life. I have two amazing guests in today's show, one from the past and one from the present. We'll start with Abraham Maslow and talk through his hierarchy of needs. Yes, the one that has Wi-Fi at the bottom of the pyramid. And then move on to Daniel Pink, author of the New York Times bestseller Drive, to dive into intrinsic motivation and break down autonomy, mastery, and purpose as drivers of motivation. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, even those based on real people, places and incidents are either products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events or persons, living or dead, is entirely coincidental. To get us started, I'm pleased to bring to the show Abe Maslow. Abraham Maslow was one of the most influential psychologists of the 20th century. Among his many contributions to psychology were his advancements to the field of humanistic psychology and his development of the hierarchy of needs. Abe, good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Today's topic on the podcast is motivation, what drives us as humans to achieve things in life. You're famous for your hierarchy of needs theory. Can you break down your theory for the audience members that aren't familiar with it? Sure. So my theory is that there are certain needs that we as humans have that must be met in order for us to be psychologically healthy. These needs are arranged in a hierarchy, with the most basic needs at the bottom and the need for self-actualization at the top. Once a need is met, we move on to the next need in the hierarchy. What are the exact needs that you include in your hierarchy? The needs that I include in the hierarchy are psychological needs like the need for food and water or the need for shelter, the need for safety, the need for love and belonging, the need for esteem, and the need for self-actualization. And do you believe that all humans have these needs? I do think that all humans have these needs. I think that they are innate and that we are born with them. It was time to put the AI to a test. Let's see if I can trick it. I've recently heard that the most basic need you describe in your hierarchy is access to Wi-Fi. Is that correct? Ha ha ha, no, that's not correct. The most basic need in my hierarchy is the need for food and water. Wi-Fi is not a need, it's a want. Okay, the AI didn't fall for it. But I had another trick up my sleeve. I knew from my own reading that Maslow never actually created a visual representation of his theory. Most people think of your hierarchy in a pyramid representation. Did you ever draw this pyramid? No, I never drew the pyramid. I just described the hierarchy verbally. Ah, oh, I give up. This AI is too smart. Let me see if it can imagine the future. When you develop your hierarchy of needs, did you ever imagine so many MBA students around the world studying it years later? Ha ha ha, no I didn't. 
I developed the theory for psychologists to use in their work with patients. I am glad that it has been helpful for MBA students as well. Time to poke the AI. My MBA teacher said your theory is a bit outdated now. How do you respond to that? I think that my theory is so relevant today. I think that the needs that I describe in the hierarchy are still relevant and that they still motivate us. I think I need to get my MBA teacher to have a chat with Abe's AI on this one. It was now time to move on and understand the connection between his theory and motivation. What I'd really like to understand is how the hierarchy is linked to motivation. What is the connection here? The connection is that the needs in the hierarchy are what motivates us to achieve things in life. We strive to meet our needs in order to be psychologically healthy. Once we meet a need, we move on to the next one in the hierarchy. This all sounded a little bit theoretical to me. Let's take a practical example so I can understand this better. And I'm asking for a friend. Let's say my basic needs are met, but I'm not doing very well on love and belonging because I'm too busy working on my business. I feel motivated to work on my business, and I feel that my need for love and belonging, not being satisfied, doesn't really get in the way. What do you say to this? I would say that you are correct. Your need for love and belonging is not being met, but you are still motivated to work on your business. This is because your need for self-actualization is stronger than your need for love and belonging. I wasn't really satisfied with that answer. Okay, but following your theory, shouldn't I focus on meeting my need for love and belonging first? Can I just skip it? No, you can't just skip it. The need for love and belonging is still there and must be met in order for you to be psychologically healthy. However, your need for self-actualization is stronger, so you are motivated to work on your business. I still wasn't happy with the answer. It was time to take it into practical territory. Okay, I get it, but there's only 24 hours in a day. How should I allocate that? Let's get practical here. How much time should I spend on dating? Tinder, Hinge, you know? Ha ha ha, I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on dating. What about on business then? I'm not an expert on business either. So you're not really helping me here. Ha ha ha, I'm sorry, I'm not really an expert on time management either. Okay, thanks. I tried. It was time to move on. I want to talk a little bit about the need for esteem. I feel like these days a lot of people just want to become famous and present themselves on social media in a flashy light. Look at me, I'm jet-setting, I'm at this luxury hotel in Bali, I own a Ferrari, and so on. Do you think this is healthy? No, I don't think it's healthy. I think that people should focus on their own journey and not compare themselves to others. Everyone's journey is different and everyone has different goals. But posting on social media fuels our need for self-esteem, which is high in your hierarchy of needs. Isn't it normal to share with the world our lifestyle and what we've achieved to feed our self-esteem? I don't think so. I think that people should focus on their own journey and not compare themselves to others. Everyone's journey is different and everyone has different goals. Okay, then what is a healthy way to satisfy our esteem needs? There is no one answer to this question as different things will work for different people. However, some things that may help include focusing on your own journey, setting goals, and avoiding comparisons with others. Thanks. Those are some great pointers. I want to talk to you a little bit about self-actualization, as I feel like it's the need that is the most difficult to understand. What does self-actualization mean in plain English? Self-actualization is the highest level of need in the hierarchy and is about becoming the best that you can be. It is about fulfilling your potential and reaching your goals. 
So how can someone start the journey towards self-actualization? There is no one answer to this question as different things will work for different people. However, some things that may help include setting goals, developing a personal growth plan, and finding a mentor. I was curious to find out more about his own journey. What did you personally do in your life to satisfy your self-actualization need? I am not sure if there is anything specific that I did to satisfy my self-actualization need. I think that my work as a psychologist helped me to reach my potential and to become the best that I could be. Do you feel that you've managed to self-actualize before you died? I am not sure. I think that I made progress towards self-actualization, but I am not sure if I ever reached it. Okay, then, can anyone ever truly self-actualize? Do you have any examples of people that have self-actualized in their lifetime? I am not sure if anyone can ever truly self-actualize. I think that it is a lifelong journey and that we can always strive to become better versions of ourselves. Some people that may have self-actualized include Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, and Martin Luther King Jr. We have a tradition on this show. I get all my historical guests to answer this question. If you could peek from the past into the future and see the world as it is today, what advice would you give to people living in 2022? My advice would be to focus on your own journey, set goals, and avoid comparisons with others. Fantastic. Great to have you on the show, Abe. Thank you for having me. My second guest on the show is Daniel Pink's AI. The real Daniel Pink is an author of five New York Times bestsellers, including the number one New York Times bestsellers Drive and To Sell as Human. Dan's books have won multiple awards, have been translated into 42 languages, and have sold millions of copies around the world. I'd like to talk to you about my startup, Broaden. Broaden is an app that allows anyone to learn from experts about topics they care about. Our first users are entrepreneurs, and we've put together collections with the best clips on topics of interest for entrepreneurs. Whether you need an intro to growth hacking, a set of frameworks or ideas to take you to product market fit, or want to find out how to approach fundraising in a down economy, we've got you covered. Our users have told us that they like our platform because they trust the curation of content, and they don't have to spend ages on Google, YouTube, or podcasts to find the best resources. You can also use our platform to stay on top of the various technology waves. For example, we have a collection on the metaverse, of course. And also be inspired by some of the greatest thinkers in the startup and technology space, like Naval or, or Paul Graham. To access our platform, go to broaden.io. That is B-R-O-A-D-N dot I-O to get on a wait list and we'll email you the access details. Back to the show now. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We're talking about motivation on today's episode. I think a good place to start would be your book Drive, which provides interesting insights into what drives us as humans to achieve things. Can you break down for us the core ideas from the book? Sure. In Drive, I argue that there are three elements to motivation, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Autonomy is our desire to be self-directed. Mastery is our desire to get better at something that's important to us. And purpose is our desire to do something that has meaning and significance. I've noticed that you haven't mentioned money. And I know a lot of people would say that they're motivated by money. You argue that money is actually a pretty weak motivator. Can you explain why? Well, money is a motivator, but it's not a very strong one. The reason is that it's a short-term motivator. It's good at getting us to do things in the moment, but it's not so good at getting us to do things over the long haul. Once we've achieved a certain level of financial security, money doesn't motivate us as much. 
So if money isn't a strong motivator, what is? The three things I mentioned before, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. These are much stronger motivators than money because they're long-term motivators. They keep us engaged and motivated over the long haul. Let's try to understand these three in more detail. What is autonomy? Autonomy is our desire to be self-directed. We want to be in control of our own lives and our own destiny. We want to be able to direct our own course. Time to get a little bit philosophical. But can we really be in control of these things? Isn't everything ultimately a function of luck? How much agency do we really have? I think we have more agency than we often give ourselves credit for. Yes, luck plays a role in life, but so does effort and determination. We can't control everything, but we can control how we respond to the hand we're dealt, and that makes a big difference. I started thinking about my friends that are working in jobs that don't offer a lot of autonomy. For many, I think, autonomy is just an aspiration. In the work environment, many people have to follow goals and directions from their superiors, having little autonomy in their day-to-day -day activities. Is there anything we can do if we find ourselves in these type of situations? I think it's important to try to find ways to increase our autonomy, even in situations where we don't have a lot of control. One way to do this is to set our own goals and work towards them. Another way is to try to find ways to be self-directed in our work, even if we're not in complete control of the situation. How would you suggest that people approach a conversation with their boss to ask for more autonomy in their work? It's important to be respectful and humble in these conversations. We need to remember that our boss is the one in control and that we're asking for a favor. But at the same time, we should be clear about our goals and why we think more autonomy would help us achieve them. Let's move on to mastery. What is mastery and why is it an important motivator? Mastery is the desire to get better and better at something that is important to us. It's an important motivator because it helps us to stay focused and motivated on our goals. When we feel like we're making progress towards mastery, we're more likely to stick with it and keep going. Where do you think this desire comes from? I think the desire for mastery comes from a deep-seated human need to feel like we're good at something. We all want to feel like we're competent and capable, and mastering something helps us to feel that way. It's also a way of showing ourselves and others that we're committed to something and that we're willing to put in the hard work to achieve it. I wanted to understand what pursuing mastery can mean for an entrepreneur. What do you think pursuing mastery for an entrepreneur looks like on a practical level? I think it depends on the entrepreneur. For some entrepreneurs, pursuing mastery might mean becoming an expert in a particular area. For others, it might mean becoming a jack-of-all-trades and master of none. But I think that, ultimately, pursuing mastery means being willing to put in the hard work to achieve success. So in your view, pursuing mastery doesn't necessarily mean specializing and becoming an expert at something? No, I don't think so. I think that pursuing mastery means being willing to put in the hard work to achieve success. It might mean specializing and becoming an expert in a particular area, but it might also mean becoming a jack-of-all-trades and master of none. It really depends on the situation and what you're trying to achieve. Who in your view are examples of people that have achieved true mastery in their life? There are lots of people who have achieved true mastery in their life. I think of people like Michael Jordan, who was a master of basketball, or Tiger Woods, who was a master of golf. But I also think of people who have achieved mastery in other areas like business or music. I think anyone who has put in the hard work to become the best at something can be considered a master. It was time for some fun and some hot takes. Let's move on to a round of quick-fire questions. I will offer several examples of people and activities, and I want you to let me know with a yes or no 
whether these are examples of pursuing mastery in your view. Are you ready? Sure. Let's warm up with an easy one. Rafa Nadal and his tennis career. Yes. Kim Kardashian and her show Keeping Up with the Kardashians. No. Ooh, harsh. Charlie D'Amelio and her TikTok career. Yes. Charlie won, Kim Neal. Donald Gorski and his Guinness World Record of consuming 26,000 McDonald's Big Macs. Harry Potter and his pursuit to learn magic. Yes. Gotta practice those spells in my free time. Expecto Patronum. It was time to move on to the last motivator. In this last section, I'd like to talk to you about purpose. Can you tell us what you believe purpose is and why purpose is a motivating factor? Purpose is a powerful motivator because it gives us a reason to do what we do beyond simply earning a paycheck. When we have a sense of purpose, we're more likely to be engaged and committed to our work and more likely to persevere when things get tough. Purpose can come from many sources, our families, our faith, our community, or our own values. But regardless of where it comes from, purpose gives us a sense of meaning and direction that can be a powerful motivator. Do you believe all people have a purpose? I believe that all people have the potential to find purpose in their lives. It may not be easy, and it may take some time and exploration, but I believe that everyone has the ability to find a reason to get up each day and do something meaningful. Let me go all nihilistic on him. Why is it important to do something meaningful? We're all going to die at some point. Don't want to sound all negative and everything, but in a big cycle of the universe, our life is pretty insignificant. I believe that it's important to do something meaningful because it makes our lives more valuable, not just to us, but to the world around us. When we do something that has significance, we add value to the world and make a positive difference in the lives of others. Even though our individual lives are relatively short in the grand scheme of things, we can still make a lasting impact by doing something that matters. There's not a lot I can say to argue against that. Taking things into practical territory, what is one thing that everyone can do, starting tomorrow, to figure out their purpose? There's no one-size-fits-all answer to this question, as the best way to figure out your purpose will vary from person to person. However, here are a few ideas to get you started. One. Talk to people you admire and ask them what they believe is their purpose in life. 2. Spend some time alone reflecting on what you want your life to stand for. 3. Experiment with different roles and activities to see what brings you fulfillment. 4. Keep a journal and document your thoughts and feelings as you explore your purpose. 5. Seek out guidance from a counselor or coach if you're having trouble finding your purpose on your own. That's great advice. Before we wrap up our conversation, can you share with the audience one of your favorite jokes about motivation? I once heard a joke that goes like this. How do you motivate a lazy person? You don't. Okay, I think you can do better. Give me another one. Why did the chicken cross the road? To get to the other side. Why did the procrastinator cross the road? To avoid doing whatever it was he was supposed to be doing. Thanks, Dan. It was a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. At the beginning of this episode, I set out to learn more about motivation. What are the key takeaways after speaking to Abe Maslow and Dan Pink? From Maslow, I've learned that in order to focus on my journey towards self-actualization, after taking care of my basic needs, I need to keep an eye on my love and belonging needs. Swipe left. And my esteem needs. Maslow couldn't tell me how much time I should spend on dating apps, but I somewhat sensed that I shouldn't ignore this aspect of my life. Moving on to my esteem needs, I've learned to focus on my own journey and to avoid comparison with others. 
I still hope we'll hit top 10 podcasts on Spotify, but I've stopped monitoring how we do against Tim Ferriss and Lex Friedman. Finally, I've learned that self-actualization is a fancy term for becoming the best you can be and fulfilling your potential. I've also learned that it's a journey, one that we often pursue for our entire life. From my conversation with Daniel Pink, I've learned more about autonomy, mastery, and purpose, and how these can be important drivers of motivation. We should always strive to create more autonomy in our lives, even when we feel that we have little control or say into how we spend our time. I've learned there is no recipe in figuring out what mastery is for oneself, but one thing that you can't take away from mastery is hard work. And even though eating 26,000 Big Macs is hard work, it may not necessarily be a form of pursuing mastery. Finally, doing something meaningful is important because it makes our lives more valuable, not just to us, but to the world around us. So when it comes to crossing the road, don't be the procrastinator, be the chicken. At least he was intentional about it. See you next week. Ciao.